The views expressed on this program are those of the hosts, guests, and callers, and are not necessarily those of this station, its management, or other advertisers. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show with Dr. Pat Basile. In the next hour, Dr. Pat showcases some of the world's most influential people in the fields of health, wellness, and human potential. Get ready to live life full out. Here's your host, Dr. Pat Basile. Hey, everybody. Oh, wow. I want to welcome you to the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive By. Uh, thank you guys, all of you, for tuning us in and turning us on each day as you do. Uh, so many of you uh, have said yes to taking a look at bringing just an incredibly amazing vibration to this planet. And we do so in the ways that we can. Having a venue like this show and other shows out there to express oneself, share knowledge and information is the cornerstone for how this vibrational change and shift is happening. And many people have given attention to 2012. Well, this change has been happening for quite some time. And, you know, it's really because of people like my guest today. And what do I mean by that? Well, someone said to me a long time ago that you as an individual, each of us, has an incredible power to shift and change the world. And when more than one of you are gathered, amazing, amazing things happen. That's the power and the purpose of having something you're so passionate about. And you know you're doing so much good in the world that catapults you to a place where others stand up and listen. Today, we get to hear from a very special guest, uh, Doug Knoll. He went from lawyer to peacemaker. Today, we're going to talk with him about his journey to peace, this award-winning author, and what many people say is the leader in how to step forward and get each and every one of us to explore where we are that we can agree. And this is incredible to have him on here today to talk about world peace, peace in our daily lives, and why it is so difficult to achieve, but it is achievable. Doug, welcome to the show. It's great to have you here. Thank you, Pat. It's great to be here. So, you know, here you are, right? Professional mediator, peacemaker, author, uh, and you're teaching principles of, of achieving peace and uh, mediation and non- nonviolent behavior. And, um, and, and this is, as many people say, you know, this is interesting to see you uh, as this lawyer turned peacemaker, but I guess the question that I that I want to ask you: I mean, were you ever not a peacemaker? Oh, uh, absolutely. <laughs> I was one of the most arrogant, difficult to be with trial lawyers that you could possibly imagine. And and at my worst, I was had just gotten my awarded my second degree black belt and had won a ten million dollar lawsuit, and I was on. In my own mind, a legend, as the saying goes, and untouchable. Mm-hmm. I was bad. <laughs> <laughs> you know, this is kind of, it's so cool, right, that you and I get to talk. I mean, people ask me all the time, Doug. They, they ask me, oh, you know, when did you start, to, when did you start going and, and learning? And when did you start teaching? And when did you understand this vibration? And 
it's so interesting. You look back at your life uh, and I say, please, everybody, understand I'm from the Bronx. And at five years old, I was given boxing gloves. <laughs> so, th- so, this, so this journey, <laughs> this is a surprise to me, too. All right. If, if anybody had told me that I'm doing what I'm doing today 20 years ago, I would have said, what kind of weird grass are you smoking? Oh, my gosh. And, you know, honestly, some people still say that about me. They actually can't believe it. I mean, you have to run into this yourself. I do. Yeah, uh, in fact, for a long time, it's less now than it was before, but for a long time, uh, I had it, it was very difficult professionally to get people to understand that I actually made a shift from being a hardcore, badass trial lawyer to being a peacemaker. People just couldn't get their heads around that idea. It's well, taken a while. I mean, and now I think, now I think my reputation as a peacemaker has finally overcome my former reputation as a trial lawyer. Okay, so here's what I want to ask you. All right, so did okay, so did you go to sleep one night? Did you go to sleep one night and get some fairy dust sprinkled on you, uh, and and bam, bam, the next day you're this international mediator and peacemaker. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely not. <laughs> it was an evolution, that's for sure, and it was a long, you know. It's still an evolution. I'm still yeah. growing. So, no, it didn't happen overnight. It was a process. And it was, an, it was a spiritual process. It was a professional dissatisfaction. Finally waking up to the dissatisfaction I felt being a trial lawyer, even though I was extremely successful. Um, you know, that, that led me and, and, and I suppose my innate curiosity about the world and life that, that opened me up to some possibilities that presented themselves. Of course, there's no synchronicity in life. And um, when this stuff happened, um, well, let me just tell you the story very briefly. I'm, yeah, I was yeah, a hardcore uh, yeah. trial lawyer, and um, in my mid-30s, I took up the martial arts only because I wanted to improve my skiing. Uh, because I'm a comp- I was a competitive skier in those days, and I thought the martial arts would help me with bilateral movement, you know, because you can't, martial arts have to be both sides. So I took up this martial arts, had no clue what I was doing, was horrible at the martial arts for, for a while. But like anything else, I'm, I'm very persistent, and I'm very disciplined, and I stuck with it, and eventually I figured it out, and eventually I got to a secondary black belt. But by then I was in my early 40s, and uh, my teacher called me in after he had given me my second degree and said, you're done here. He said, you are dangerous to yourself and dangerous to everybody around you. You are at the peak of your trial career. You're a secondary black belt. For you, a fair fight is five guys with knives and you being unarmed. Bad combination. Go learn Tai Chi. Wow. So I said, okay. (laughs) And I started learning Tai Chi, and there are two paradoxes in Tai Chi. The first is, the softer you are, the stronger you are. And the second paradox is the more vulnerable you are, the more powerful you are. Mm. Now, these are paradoxes that I really twisted me up. Here I am, 6'1", 220 pounds, peak physical condition, secondary black belt, raging trial lawyer. And i got to be soft to be strong and vulnerable to be powerful? Come on, give me a break. Mm. <laughs> but I started studying Tai Chi and started learning humility as I was getting my ass whipped by, you know, these 110-pound, 70-year-old Tai Chi masters. And uh, it slowly, that paradox slowly began to sink into my soul until one day I was in the courtroom 
cross-examining somebody in my own inimitable aggressive style, and the thought came to me out of nowhere, what the hell are you doing in here? Oh, wow. And so I finished the trial, and I had a vacation schedule um, right after the trial to go whitewater rafting up in Idaho with a bunch of friends. So I spent the week, the next week, by myself in my own raft, rowing down the main salmon, um, and pondering the question, how many people had I really served as a trial or in the past 20-plus years? And the answer was five people out of the hundreds and hundreds of cases I'd tried. So I said, you know, I don't think I want to do this anymore. Um, I don't know what I'm going to do, but I don't think that being a trial lawyer is really where I'm at. So I came back home, and I live up in the mountains of the central Sierra Nevada, about 30 miles northeast of Fresno, California. And I, my practice was based in the Central Valley, um, the Iowa of California. Right. <laughs> I was driving down out of the mountains and listening to our local NPR station and heard the one and only public service announcement for a new master's degree in peacemaking and conflict studies at a local private university, which um, I'd heard about but had never been to, and it's the West Coast Mennonite University. Mm. The Mennonites are one of the three traditional peace churches of the Protestant Christian tradition. And um, so that caught my attention, and I jotted down the, the time and went down to the orientation and talked to the people there, and they were kind of surprised to see a hardcore trialer walk in. They knew me by reputation. And um, I decided to sign up because it, it, if nothing else, I felt that it would be an interesting, different intellectual challenge for me. So on the second day of my course of study, um, I was hooked. These guys had convinced me in two days uh, that what they were offering and what they were talking about was what was really missing from the law, and that is the idea that human conflict is a multidimensional, complex problem that can be solved by using a whole bunch of different multidisciplinary tools and procedures and techniques but that, from my perspective, the law was a very, very narrow lens through which to look at human conflict, which is why it was so ineffective at solving so many different kinds of problems. So I went back to the law firm. I'm a senior partner, second largest earner and revenue generator in the firm. <laughs> Go to the firm administrator. I say, John, I need new business cards. He says, really? And I handed him my card, and where it said, attorney at law under my name, I had scratched that out and put peacemaker. I said, I think wow. I'm going to change direction. Yeah. John looked at me, his, white, his face went white, and he said, I can't do this. <laughs> I said, what do you mean you can't do this? I just want new business cards. He said, no, I can't do this. Well, you're going to have to go to the management committee and the partners and everything for that. And here I am, you know, senior partner in the firm. So, anyways, we have lots of discussions. Half the firm, I, I presented an opportunity to build a whole peacemaking practice, a whole idea of helping people solve problems without litigation. That scared half the firm who felt that the reputation of the firm had been built on very aggressive trial lawyering, and the other half of the firm really resonated with it. Well, at the end of the day, the, the guys who were m most fearful won, and I did a graceful exit in 2000 and uh, opened up my own mediation and peacemaking practice, and that's how it all started. And in the beginning, I was, you know, had a lot to learn. I got my master's degree, um, and I have been learning ever since. And that's the journey. And today I love, I am I doing, I'm doing some amazing stuff. But, you know, maybe we can talk about the prison project and some of the other yes. things I'm doing. Yeah, I want to talk about that. But here's why I wanted your story uh, to be shared. Uh, because, you know, how interesting, right? Where you come from a profession where it's all about win-lose, right? Right. Somebody has to win and the other person has to lose. 
I'm not sure that I've seen uh, it, not even on uh, the, the famous law and order show uh, anybody that walks out of there where there's a win win. Never. In fact, I would I would argue that when people walk out of court, for the most part, it's a lose lose. That's what drove me in to, to this work in the first place is because I got tired of walking people out of the courtroom getting a technical win, but people saying, "Why did I have to pay you a hundred thousand dollars to vindicate what was already mine?" Right. Yeah, yeah, and you know when people do that, they don't pay their bills either. So you, you know, people have no idea how hard it is to be a trial lawyer. It is, it is enormously difficult work. You know, you're preparing for trial. You don't get days off. You don't. You you barely get six hours of sleep a night um, because you're when you're not in the courtroom, you're preparing for the next day. It's enormously difficult work, and you 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 give your life over to your client, and you know, clients are never happy about the result. I got tired of that. Yeah, and it's an enormous responsibility at well, every level. Well, it is, right? and, and, and it's also you have to recognize that you, as a lawyer that you're, you only have the facts that you have to work with, and your clients present the facts, and you've got to work with it, but the client is putting, no matter how bad the facts are, you're still expected to pull a rabbit out of your hat and, and produce a great result, even though the facts are horrible. And, uh, you know, it's very stressful. Well, this is great. You know, those of you listening to the show, wait, we have just, we're just, uh, just peeking under the rock here a little bit. But when we come back, we're going to flip that rock over from lawyer to peacemaker, one man's journey to peace with award-winning author and lawyer joining me here today, Doug Knoll. When we come back, we're going to talk about what, what do our beliefs have to do with it anyway? Can we really achieve peace? And how about the headlines these days? What do you think would happen if peace actually broke out? We're going to talk about the prison project. We're going to talk about uh, the book Elusive Peace, chosen for the International Peace and Justice Award for 2011. And why the work, why the work that Doug is doing is so profoundly important now at every level, schools, organizations, and government. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with the Dr. Pat Show. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. Hi, this is Dr. Pat. Did you know most coffee, not all, have hidden dangers lurking in it? A recent investigation into grocery store coffee revealed three dangers. First, Modern coffee farming produces dangerously high acidity and caffeine. Second, mold content in grocery store coffee contains dangerous toxins. Yuck! Third, government agencies have found grocery store coffee containing 400 times the carcinogens allowed in drinking water. You will be relieved to know that Camano Island Coffee Roasters takes the worry out of your sip of coffee. Imagine how your coffee tastes without mold, carcinogens, or poison. Get your free coffee report, The Five Hidden Dangers Lurking in Your Coffee Cup. Visit NakedTruthAboutCoffee.com to get your free copy now. That's NakedTruthAboutCoffee.com. And check out Camano Island Coffee Roasters. 
Tune in each week on TransformationTalkRadio.com, Wednesday at 2 Pacific, 5 Eastern Time, and express and experience the infinite possibilities waiting in each and every moment as you listen to From the Heart with Elizabeth Cookson. Get ready for a packed hour of laughter, tears, and a soul full of emotions as Elizabeth raises your vibration and shifts your spirit. For more information about Elizabeth and to schedule a session, visit ElizabethCookson.com. Hi, my name is Dr. Dane here from Access Consciousness. Are you a seeker, a dreamer, one of those people who's always known that there should be greater possibilities available but haven't yet been able to create it as your life? I'd like to help. Go to CreatingGreaterPossibilities.com where there's a free video and audio series created especially for you. Once again, CreatingGreaterPossibilities.com. It's free and it's designed to give you the actual tools that you need to create the life you've always been looking for. CreatingGreaterPossibilities.com Are the magic and mysteries of Egypt calling you? Picture yourself standing between the paws of the Sphinx, meditating inside the Great Pyramid and other sacred temples and exclusive visits. Imagine cruising down the Nile on a luxurious private sailing yacht and exploring the peaceful countryside of Egypt. If you're interested in travel that expands, transforms, and rejuvenates you, join Dr. Friedemann Schaub and Danielle Rama Hoffman, author of The Temples of Light, for a spiritual and healing journey to Egypt this September. Call for more information, 866-903-6463. That's 866-903-6463. Or visit EgyptIsCalling.com. That's EgyptIsCalling.com. Welcome back to the Dr. Pat Show with Dr. Pat Basile. If you have a question or comment, call us toll-free at 866-472-5788. Now back to the program. Here's Dr. Pat Basile. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Welcome back to the Dr. Pat Show. For more information about us, really easy. Go check us out. Go to drpatlive.com or you can go to transformationtalkradio.com. Joining me here today, I'm so thrilled to have him on the show, uh, Doug Knoll. Uh, his book, Elusive Peace, is amazing. You know, most of us think that we don't need to read a book like this. You know, that this is just for the people that are in politics. This is just for the people that are making, quote, the big decisions. But each and every one of us, each and every one of us comes across on a daily basis situations which pull us in one direction or another. And sometimes we butt up right up against somebody else being pulled in an opposite direction. So let's talk a little bit with my very special guest today, uh, Doug, about what this means, this idea of elusive peace, what this means in the context of individual and global change. And Doug, thank you for joining me here today. Uh, You know, we all have certain ideas and beliefs and things that uh, we carry around, whether we're driving to... uh, driving to work, or whether we're some international diplomat trying to sit around a table and discuss, you know, something in his or her country. I wanted to ask you about this book uh, and how you see this idea of peace um, becoming something that can be done regardless of who you are. 
Well, I think the first thing to rec- <clears throat> the first thing to recognize is that, like politics, peace is local. Uh, it starts in the family, uh, and it expands outwards from the family to the extended family to the neighborhood or village to the region and so forth. And so, when we're and as soon as we begin to realize that peace is local and it's and it's also very individualized, um, when you look at the grand mess that seems to exist all the time. I mean, right now, for example, look at Syria. Um, yeah. What you have to recognize is that this is not about, it's not, these aren't wars about ideas. They are, it's violence between people who are individuals who have their own hopes, dreams, aspirations, needs, goals, desires, fears. And to make peace between people is, to, is, is first of all, requires a certain degree of compassion to recognize that violence is often the only tool they know. They don't know any other tools. They've never been taught any other tools. They have no conception of being in relationship with somebody who seems bitterly opposed to them other than through violence. And this is true whether it's in an international conflict or it is an internal country conflict like what's going on in Syria or it's inside a prison or it's inside a neighborhood or a school or or within the polarized nature of our political system today. It's all the same. So yep. we, we begin to recognize that it's all about people, individual people with their own individual um, proclivities, proclivities, needs, desires, interests, that sort of thing. Well, you know, this is kind of interesting. Um, you know, let's take a look, for example, at one of the layers that, you know, we deal with on a daily basis in this country. And that has to do with our corporate structure and what mm-hmm. goes on in corporations. And and, you know, how people at some level right now, Doug, are feeling very powerless uh, over what they have to say and their, their, uh, their benefits and their rights. And, and I wanted to ask you, I mean, companies are, are clear that the repeal of the psychological contract has happened. Things of the past are not going to happen anymore. How does one bring a voice to that table? And I'm not talking about being part of a union. I mean, those structures are still in place. But, you know, the everyday person, how, how does understanding and learning some of these skills help them? The, uh, I think that especially when you're talking about huge power differentials, uh, which is what you would – which is – may exist between, for example, an employee and an employer, especially if the employer is a large corporation or, or governmental institution – is that if you if you are feeling disempowered and you're feeling like a victim, um, the first thing you have to do as an individual is make a choice. Do I want to continue feeling like a victim? Do I want to feel continue? Con, con, do I want to continue to be disempowered or at least feel disempowered or not? And it's perfectly okay to continue feeling like a victim. Um, I would say that if you make that conscious choice, you don't have a right to complain about it anymore. <laughs> but most people don't make that conscious choice. Power is a really interesting concept. Um, most, most power does not exist in the way that people think it does. Power is ephemeral, it, and it's a perception. So, for example, supposing you're an employee for a company and you're dependent on a paycheck and you're upside down in your mortgage, and sound familiar? <laughs> and, yeah. And, you know, you've got kids that are going to be going to college and you're thinking, my God, if, if I lose my job... Uh, I'm I'm dead and my and, and financially dead. I have to go bankrupt. I'll be homeless and out on the street. You know, so all these fears start coming up. 
Well, if you really sit down and take the time with a friend, whether it be your partner, your spouse, or whoever it might be, to sit down and really think about, okay, what, is, what, is the, what are the real risks here, and what other plans can we make or can I make to give me alternatives to what I'm doing right now? You'd be amazed at what you come up with. And when you, and when you really sit down to dispassionately look at your alternatives, what happens is you get a sense of freedom because all of a sudden you realize you have a choice. You can stick, you can stick with where you're at or you can choose to do something else. Now, there are going to be consequences with your choices, of course. But if you understand what those consequences are and you also understand the consequences of continuing on your present course, you're liberated. You're no longer disempowered because you're making the conscious choice about what to do. Now, it may be that you feel like you don't have good choices in front of you, and, and that may very well be. It may be the difference between having a you know forty or fifty or seventy-five thousand dollar job and flipping burgers at McDonald's. However, you still have that choice. And if you don't like the choices that are in front of you, then you can create new choices. Assuming you're healthy and reasonably intelligent and reasonably willing to work hard, um, you can create new choices for yourself. That. And the result of that is it completely disempowers whatever institution or employer has over you because now you can choose how you want to live, live your life and uh, move on. Employ we don't have indentured servitude here. There's no such thing as slavery. People can walk with their feet. And the secret, the secret is learning that you have that power and then, and then exercising the discipline and the personal accountability and the personal choice to use that power and create a different life for yourself. And I'm a walking example of that. Exactly. And I will say, I will say that it doesn't come without cost or consequence. I mean, I left a high-paying job as a lawyer. I don't make nearly as much money as I made uh, when I was a lawyer. I used to live in a 4,000-square-foot home, had a fancy Infinity Q45, you know, did the whole big corporate lawyer thing. Today I live a mile and a half up a dirt road in an 1,100-square-foot home, and I've got a Subaru outback that's got 275,000 miles on it. Different kind of life. But let me tell you something. I'm a heck of a lot happier today than I was 15 years ago. My life is so full and satisfying today, it's unbelievable. And yeah, I mean, I don't make nearly as much money, and I fret about it a little bit, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. That doesn't matter to me anymore. And that's, yeah. the, that's what happens when you make good choices. I love this conversation because, you know, you and, I, you and I both had kind of epiphanies in the same way. Mine was, mine was a corporate epiphany. Uh, you know, however it happens, I, I still think it was fairy dust that got sprinkled on my bed one night. <laughs> <laughs> I do. You know what I'm saying? I had even given up drinking, and I, I, I went into work, and I caused a fuss and, and, uh, around a, a downsizing program I, whose job was mine to implement. Oh. Uh, and there are just some things that you can and cannot do when you take a stand in your life. But, you know, that, that really gets to the idea of what we believe. I mean, if we believe that the only way to peace is war, then that belief somehow gets rises to the top. And, you know, let's talk about that for a minute, whether it be war at the level of global international conflict or going at war in our families uh, in our institutions, whatever that means. But we have decided somehow, Doug, to pick war as the answer to peace. There's a reason for that. 
Didn't and we? I bet it's well. I I can't. I hope that it's a different reason than what most people think. But I want to talk to you about this when we come back and talk about the peace project because, you know, I don't know. Maybe it's me, but I can't believe the degree to which conflict is happening in the world today. I, I, I can't. And some people say, what's wrong with you? It's always been happening. We're just getting more information about it. And I said, I, I'm naive, Doug. I said, really? I don't know. I would love to talk about this when we come back. Are we seeing an acceleration of war as a solution or a pseudo solution? Or are we all just getting so much information? Where do you stand? Are you for war? Are you for peace? And I can't wait to hear if Doug tells us whether or not there can be both. Stay tuned. We'll be right back at the Dr. Pat Show. News. Opinion. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Have you ever wanted to join a yoga class, yet felt self-conscious or simply didn't have the time? Now you can bring live kundalini yoga into your home with KRI-certified Dr. Ann Taylor. You will learn a scientific technology of movement, mantra, meditation, and breathing techniques designed to balance your mind, body, and spirit. Sign up today for our free newsletter and receive your first class free. Visit Ann with an E, Taylor.com. Tune in each Monday at noon Pacific, 3 Eastern Time on TransformationTalkRadio.com to the Elizabeth Anglin Show, your psychic connection to your soul's path. Elizabeth takes you to the Universal Etheric Space Library, where soul records and life lesson plans are stored. This live call-in show will help you decide what your life plan is through the help of your guides and guardian angels. Visit ElizabethAnglin.com or call 1-888-640-4893 to schedule your reading with psychic medium animal communicator elizabeth anglin the root cause of disease is not what you think doctors are treating the symptoms not the root cause because they haven't been trained to do so dr alex lloyd has developed a simple technique that has saved thousands of people from lives of frustrating and debilitating illnesses this technique has been featured on national broadcast and cable television in People, Time, and USA Today. If you are ready to heal and tired of being treated, visit DrAlexHealingCodes.com, where you will find free life-changing information. Imagine a chocolate so decadent that you'd never believe it could be good for you. Align your inner bliss with Mother Nature's magic. The power of cold-pressed cocoa by Shasai, the healthy chocolate. Shasai is everything you ever dreamed healthy should taste like. We combine unprocessed cocoa with acai and blueberry for an unbeatable high-oxidant powerhouse. Shasai, the healthy chocolate. Visit us at lifesaverchocolate.com or call 888-287-2011. Tune in to Dialogue Radio with Dr. Jeff on TransformationTalkRadio.com as the stories of the universe are revealed in this engaging and creative hit show. Mondays at 1 Pacific Time, 4 Eastern. Dr. Jeff fills the airwaves with Dialogue Radio, an epic conversation on self, society, and sustainability. Provocative, educational, transformative, and mythic, Dialogue Radio is the place where story seeds the imagination, heals the heart, and inspires personal, social, and planetary evolution. 
Welcome back to the Dr. Pat Show with Dr. Pat Basili. If you have a question or comment, call us toll-free at 866-472-5788. Now back to the program. Here's Dr. Pat Basili. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Welcome back. This is so cool having this conversation with Doug Null. Look, at, I want to tell everybody the book is Elusive Peace. And what I want to say about it is that there is something in here for everyone. It will make you examine your life. It will make you think about things in ways you haven't done before. What your beliefs are. What do you buy into? What is it with your family and your friends and other people in society? And it will make you think about the times in your life where you could have done something different. And honestly... If you're feuding with your family, like I know a lot of you out there are, there's something in this book for you as well. But more than that, it's a book that really raises the conversation of war versus peace to a whole nother level. And later on in the show, you're going to hear why, why this works. Uh, Doug, thank you for joining me here today. Before we jumped off to break, you know, we're asking the war peace question. It seems like, to me anyway that the whole idea about going to war is as acceptable to people these days uh, as it is to go to the grocery store and buy butter. Yeah, that, 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 there are a number of structural reasons why that is, and that's part of the reason why I wrote Elusive Peace. Um, and, and, and if people want to check the book out, they can read excerpts of it and my blog at elusivepeace.com. Um, but here are some of the things to think about. Number one, the media hates Peace. Yes, I know, and they hate positive talk. And, and so, <laughs> so, so even when you read about, um, uh, uh, I'm, I found just this morning a perfect example of reporting on Syria. And, of course, Syria is collapsing into a civil war, which I predicted um, more than a year ago. And anybody who had understands this stuff would have predicted that Syria, there's no hope for Syria right now. Um, and that will be a conflict that will persist for years, just because of the what's going, because of the nature of the history of that country and the people involved. It's the people that count here. Um, but so, so when you read a media account about Syria and it talks about Kofi Annan, the, the envoy who's supposed to be doing the work, um, and you'll see one paragraph, the lead paragraph about Kofi Annan was back in Damascus talking with uh, Assad or Bashar al-Assad, the president of, of Syria. Okay, and then from there on, for the next. 10 or 15 paragraphs, it's nothing about all the violence that occurred in, the, in, in Syria in the past week. And the picture will not be a picture of people talking about peace. It'll be a, a tank or dead bodies on the ground or something like that. You watch this, and you will see that every single journalistic reporting on peacemaking is really all about violence. That's number one problem. Number two problem, um, we live – this gets a little more complex – but let me, we live in a myth of redemptive violence. We live in a culture that, uh, that looks at violence as a way of redemption from chaos. So I can, I can illustrate it this way. If you remember the old cartoons back when I was a kid, Popeye the Sailor. Every week, Popeye the Sailor would be walking with his girlfriend, Olive Oil, down the street, and along comes the bully, Bluto, who abducts Olive Oil. And then Popeye has got to go rescue her. He confronts Bluto in a huge conflict. He gets the snot kicked out of him. And when he's an extremist, almost ready to die, out of his shirt pocket or his, his rolled-up <laughs> shirt sleeve, pops the can of magic spinach. It jumps into his mouth. He's granted these magical 
powers. He beats the snot out of Bluto, rescues olive oil, and they walk, if, uh, walk off literally into the sunset <laughs> happily ever after. Every week, this happens. I know. But, I, that's what got me to eat my spinach. Right. Okay. Well, okay. well, there you go. Well, here's the myth. The myth is that we have a hero, and we have an irredeemable uh, villain, and the hero, the hero has to confront the villain. The first time around, he loses. The second time around, somehow he miraculously comes back and, and smashes the villain into, into smithereens. There's no room for negotiation. There's no room for understanding why didn't Popeye eat the spinach when he saw Bluto walking down the speech, uh, street? And what the heck is going on with olive oil? How come she's getting abducted every week? How come she doesn't learn how to deal with herself and empower herself as a woman? And poor Bluto, what's the deal with him? He's got to be violent. <laughs> how come somebody doesn't sit down and talk with him and say, hey, dude, what's going on? So this is the problem with another structural problem in our society is that we, we, we get great satisfaction off of this myth of redemptive violence in every movie that we – look at the Hunger Games. It's a, it's a uh, myth of redemptive violence all over again. Uh, and, and we please, get you and I need this. to do an entire show on that. Well, it's incredible. So there, structurally, we are oriented towards violence as a way of solving problems. And in in, in our entertainment industry and in our popular culture is all oriented towards violence as a solution. That's another structural problem. Then we have political problems. We spend more money in Afghanistan in three days on our military than it costs to operate the United States Institute of Peace for one year. Think about that. The USIP is the only institution in the United States government devoted to peace. And it costs $40 million a year to operate, and that's about three, week, three days' worth of operations in Afghanistan. The State Department, which is the second institution not really dedicated to peace, but mostly representing U.S. interests in foreign affairs, uh, is it, the budget for the, for the State Department is less than one month of military operations in Afghanistan. Not mm. the total Defense Department, just Afghanistan. So structurally, we have a huge problem in our government because we are, our allocation of resources, and we have huge resources, but our allocation of resources is towards war, not towards peace. Imagine if we flipped it, or even flipped it 10%, so that the USIP had a budget, well, let's just say $150 million a year, about three weeks' worth of work. And the State Department's budget was two months' worth of military spending in Afghanistan. We would be living in a different world. But the problem is that, and this is why I wrote the book, yeah. the American public has been duped, literally duped by the media and by our political, by our political establishment that this is the way it is. And you know something? We've got an election coming up in November, and I, I don't care what your political persuasion is. If you want peace, you've got to make a choice at the ballot box. And it's not about the president of the United States. It's about the person people we're putting into the House of Representatives and into the Senate. They're the ones who control the, 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 the money. And... You can decide for peace. You can decide for conflict. And if you vote, you know, traditional party lines, you're going to vote for, you know, you're going to basically be voting people in who, you know, buy into this violence. But if you really want peace, you have to pick candidates who are who are devoted towards figuring out how to solve problems without violence. And you know, that's, a, that's a voting choice in the ballot box, pure and it simple. It is. It really is. I mean, you know, this is really a, a conversation about choice. This is why I love what you brought up here. Totally. You know. I mean, here we are, you and I, um, I started doing this show in 2003. It was one of the first what we call positive talk radio shows um, that hit, first hit the Internet right on this station, then five days a week in Seattle and now nationally and globally. And everyone around me at the time came in and said, you are wasting your time. 
No one is going to listen to this. And it's kind of an interesting choice that I made because, again, the fairy dust came. Right. In 2003, again. <laughs> came, came in, it came in, you know, 1991, and then the fairy dust came again in 2003. So I must be due for a new dusting. Um, and but thank God for that, right? Oh, my God. You, you too. You got the dust as oh, well. But here's what I want to ask you about. We are slammed every day on television, uh, on most radio, with aggressive, hurtful language and conversation. That's right. It, it, it is. Think about the models that we're teaching our kids. That's what I was just going to ask you. I mean, you know, there's a part in the Hunger Games that these teens resonated with a lot. And that was when the key key character, uh, Jennifer Lawrence, came to the rescue of, of Rue, one of the other children. Right. I've read the books. High, high point, high point, right, of this heroine doing this. Where is the hope for us here? You know, what do we have to do to turn this around? Honestly, I don't know what to do about somebody that has been reelected in, you know, to the Senate or the Congress year after year after year because of their angry nature. But what can we do to help the children here? I'm, it's not, I'm, I'm not giving up on these folks, no, but no. I'm really concerned. And that's really, that's really probably the most important question that you could ask, because if we really want peace, uh, we really need to teach our children differently. And we need to model right behavior. Let me just give you an example of, of, of something to think about. Yeah. So we got to, at two years old, kids start to learn they start to get socialized at two years old. And so what's the first, what's the first word that a kid really learns about peace and conflict? It's the word no. Right. And he learns, he or she learns it from mom or dad, and then he or she starts to exert power by saying no, no, no. And you can see sometimes kids really get a kick out of saying no. Right. But when you're two years old, the first lesson in conflict you learn is that he or she who has the most power wins. Think about mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. And they never learn a different lesson, ever. Oh, yeah, they learn how to socialize when they're four or five, six years old. But they never, they never get the, the, the alternate lesson that power doesn't matter, peacemaking is important, and there are skill sets involved in peacemaking that are far more subtle and nuanced than just raw power. Right. And so I argue that most people spend their lives either out of power because they don't have it and they feel like they're victims, or they are chasing power, which leads them to huge abuses in their own life because of frustration or if they happen to be lucky enough to get into places where they can man- manipulate power for, for their own advantage in corporations or in political institutions, they do that. But fundamentally, we have to be, be cognizant. There are ways to teach two-year-olds uh, how to be safe and how to be and how to ha- have boundaries without saying no. So, for example, if a kid's reaching for a stove, instead of saying no, you say danger, danger. No, Johnny, danger. Say Johnny, danger, and just put no out of your vocabulary. Right. Exactly. That's yeah. how we do it. But that takes more work than most most parents. And I hate to be really judgmental here, but I am going to be for a second. Most parents <laughs> go, go for it. <laughs> are are thoughtless parents, they're, thought, they're unconscious about the way they have children, and they're not thinking about, how do I raise this kid to be, be a holistic, peaceful child? They, don't, they, they wish for that, that's their desire, their aspiration, but they're not thinking about, what strategies do I have to implement as a parent to make sure that my kid is going to be, you know, a, a, you know, be a peace-loving, 
peace-abiding kid without, without being an appeaser or an avoider. In other words, I mean, peace takes courage and strength. It doesn't, it's not a weak thing at all. And how do, but how do I teach my children how to do that? And how do I learn how to model my behaviors when I'm raising children to model that kind of behavior that I want my child to follow? And most parents aren't even thinking about that. No, I mean, not. they get pregnant and, and women get pregnant and, you know, and, you know, and they have their babies and they think life's going to be happily ever after and they, you know, it's not. And they're not thinking about consciously, consciously thinking, how am I going to create a conscious, co-creative child? People don't think about that. But it is the thing that we need to be thinking about, especially in today's society here. You know, what we're saying, Doug, is, first of all, we're living in a society where it's so, easily to, it's so easy to be afraid. And what does fear lead to? When we come back, we'll talk about this. Why is it that, you know, what Doug is doing, why is it that the prison project becomes a model now for how we might, if you choose to, how we might create a completely different paradigm on how to live our lives. And as one, as, as one of my mentors said to me, God forbid peace were to break out today. What would we do with ourselves? We'd be doing what? Stay tuned, everybody. We'll be right back with the Dr. Pat Show. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Ladies, are you living an inspired life? Do you yearn for a more passionate, dream-filled life? Here's Linda Joy, founder of Aspire Magazine, and she has a gift for you. Aspire has launched its Mission to Inspire initiative with a commitment to give away 100,000 one-year digital subscriptions to women around the globe. Every subscription comes with a multitude of free gifts from our team inspiration partners. To claim it all, go to AspireMag.net today. No purchase necessary and live an inspired life. TransformationTalkRadio.com TransformationTalkRadio.com Transforming the world one listener at a time. What would it take for you to feel free and know that you have all the time you need to fulfill your destiny and live the life of your dreams? Wouldn't it be wonderful to be in this state of being every single day? Learn how to develop this profound knowing and this skill by cultivating gratitude in your daily life. Each moment, you have a choice. Take the time now. In this present moment, to open yourself to more valuable time for you. Use our gratitude journal, graced with our bungee bookmark, infused with the essence of gratitude, and write down what you are grateful for. This daily practice will transform your life and shift your reality. Offer yourself this amazing gift of gratitude and transform your own life in health, creativity, wealth, and enriched relationships. Visit our Gratitude Living Boutique at explorationgratitude.com. 
Tune in each week on Wednesdays at 12 Pacific and 3 Eastern on TransformationTalkRadio.com. And Dr. Peggy will lead you through the maze of info on topics from allergies and antioxidants to zinc and xylitol and all points in between, providing you with simple solutions to help you achieve optimal health for your mind, body, and spirit. Visit SimpleHealthNetwork.com to take your health back and get your copy of Dr. Peggy's amazing cookbook, OMG, That's Allergy-Free. Do you dream of being on the amazing race? Well, here's your chance. Grab a friend and prepare for an exhilarating race around the city when City Solve Urban Race comes to your city. Teams of two will solve clues and face fun challenges while racing around the city. The winning team gets $300 and a chance to be in the Las Vegas Championship race to compete for a grand prize of $5,000. Not only will you have a ton of fun, you'll also be helping a good cause. A portion of the proceeds will benefit a local charity. To start racing, go to City solveurbanrace.com Welcome back to the Dr. Pat Show with Dr. Pat Basile. If you have a question or comment, call us toll-free at 866-472-5788. Now back to the program. Here's Dr. Pat Basile. Hey everybody, welcome back to the show. Uh, Doug Knoll joining me here today. He is the author of the book, Elusive Peace, but he's much more than that. I would love to invite all of you to go to his website, www.elusivepeace.com, elusivepeace.com. And what you're going to find are excerpts from the book and much more. Uh, It's a conversation, and, and, and honestly, if you haven't thought about this before, hopefully after today's show, you will. Doug, thank you for joining me here today. Uh, we've talked about a lot of different things, but I think it's time to talk about uh, the prison project. Mm. Uh, and, you know, I mean, prison peace. It real, really? Is that like an that's that's like oxymoron? Huh? <laughs> yeah. I, I, mean, I mean, let's talk about that. What is the project and uh, the, how, is it, uh, how, how is it changing uh, perception? This project is... Uh, a project that Laurel Copper, a dear friend and colleague of mine, a mediator from Southern California, started in 2009 at the request of a group of inmates in the largest, most violent women's prison in the world, wow. which is located in Central California, uh, Valley State Prison for Women. They were, they're all murderers, uh, some of them baby killers, spouse killers, some pretty heinous crimes. And they are in for life, and they are tired of the violence. So they, uh, it's a long story, but they eventually found Laurel, and Laurel called me and said, what do you think? And I said, I think we ought to do this. So this has been a pro bono project. It's just been two private people working in the prison for the last uh, three years. We, had, we initially trained 82 women, of which 32 we certified as mediators and 15 became trainers. The trainers are now in the process of they've trained well over 200 women in peacemaking and mediation skills, and the violence in the prison has dropped dramatically. Uh, I mean, dramatically. Um, and it's their intention to make sure that every woman who comes through that prison is trained as a peacemaker so that when mm-hmm. they come into prison, they may come in as a violent gangbanger, but when they go out, they're going to go out as a peacemaker back into their neighborhoods and families. It is absolute proof positive that the kind of techniques and processes that I talk about and teach work, and they work in one of the most difficult, violent environments that you can possibly imagine. Our women have stopped riots dead in their tracks. They have, they have done amazing work. 
and every single one of them is a murderer. It's one of the most profound, transformative things I've ever seen in my life. Prisonofpeace.org. I, I mean, I'm shocked. I mean, yeah, it's, 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 ama- it's, it's, ama- it's beyond, beyond amazing. amazing. It is. It's epic because what we're talking about is, you know, a group of society, a group of people in society that pretty much get written off. It's like, here they pretty are. Pretty much. Go throw them over here. And why would you even bother trying to teach them anything? Because they can't really learn anything. Um, what shocks you most about this? Well, that women who are, I, 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 I suppose it was a pleasant shock, um, that women who, as you just pointed out, are the, they're at the bottom of our, of our society. I mean, women who are serving life sentences are beneath the law. There's no foundation money for them. There's no rehabilitation money for them. There is nothing for these women. I mean, the men get a lot more than the women get. These women have nothing. All they get is what they create for themselves. And what um, I think what really, one of the things that grabbed me was once they grasped what we were talking about, the personal transformations, the moral reengagement that we saw, the commitment to from from of of giving a life of service instead of, instead of serving a life sentence, the dedication, and um, the life of service that they have committed to, is is, is it leaves me speechless. It brings mm. tears to my eyes. I mean, I, I've mm. been doing this for three years, and I talk about it every time I tear up. I mean, it's mm. it's just unbelievable. Mm. And the thing is about this is that people have criticized me for years. Oh, this peacemaking crap, you know, it's touchy-feely, it's kumbaya, right. it's too right. soft. And you hear this in the corporate boardrooms all the time. You were in that world. And yeah. I get this pushback all the time when I'm working with companies with deep internal organizational conflict. And, you know, you always get these hard asses that think that this stuff is easy. And, you know, so the part of, part of the reason, part of the motivation for, for me getting into the prison project was to prove that my concepts of peacemaking actually work in one of the most difficult environments imaginable. And it's, it's proven, proven beyond spades. I mean, it's unbelievable what we've seen. And oh, so, as wow. I say, if we can teach murderers to be peacemakers, which we can, what's wrong with the rest of us? And I think this is a great way to, you know, to at least wrap up this conversation until you and I have another one. It's a great question to ponder um, because then the next step is, or the next question is, okay, how do we then go about it? How do we get attention uh, of the people that are in a place where they push a button and could destroy millions of people? Uh, I mean, and that's really the conversation. And, of course, I know you're working uh, diligently to, you know, to do that at, at an enormous level. I want to thank you, Doug, for joining me here today. What a great show. I want to ask you one last question. What is your personal message? What would you love to leave our listeners with today? If you really want peace, it's not something that comes naturally. We have, we have a capacity for peace within ourselves, within our brains, but our default mode is violence and conflict. We have to choose peace, and that can be a very difficult choice. As I tell the women in prison, being a peacemaker is some of the most difficult work a human being can be called to do. But if you really want it, you can learn how to do it, you can become skilled at it, and you can change the world around you one person at a time. And I encourage people to really take that step, learn the skills of peacemaking. They are, it takes practice, it's like riding a bicycle, but once you learn the basic skills, it will completely change and transform your life and the lives of everybody you touch. And anybody can do this work. 
Anybody. All right. I love this. For those of you, please go check this out. Uh, go to elusivepeace.com. That is also the name of the book. But there are there is information here. There's a blog. You'll be able to, you know, connect with Doug and find out how you can learn what so many are learning today. Thanks to Doug. Doug, great job. You are so a blessing to this world. Thank you Thank for you. joining me here today. I want to thank all of you for tuning us in, turning us on. And, you know, here is the thought for today. It is this question of where you are with your own inner peace. You know, what can you do? If you think that what we've talked about is out of your realm, just look at your spouse and your children. Get a copy of the book and begin to think, I can change what we do in our family today. I can change what I do in the workplace today. Thank you all. We'll see you next time on The Dr. Pat Show. Thank you for joining us today for The Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. The Dr. Pat Show can be heard live every Thursday at 8 a.m. and 8 p.m. Pacific on voiceamerica.com and Monday through Friday at 11 a.m. on KKNW AM 1150. So join Dr. Pat live or listen 24-7 at www.thedrpatshow.com. Oh, aren't you tired of the same old negative vibe? Hey, Valerie, have you heard about TransformationTalkRadio.com? No, what's that? Dr. Pat is launching a new network. and she... Dr. Pat? Dr. Pat. How many hours is she going to be on? It won't be all Dr. Pat. She'll be joined by her friends, transformative hosts from around the globe. TransformationTalkRadio.com is a 24-7 network. 24 hours of Dr. Pat and her guests? No, 24 hours of Dr. Pat and her hosts. Oh, my gosh, I'm so excited. Where is it going to be broadcast? You're going to be able to hear her in Seattle, Boston, Connecticut, New York, Rhode Island, on over 300 cable radio stations, and on the Internet everywhere. Listen live at TransformationTalkRadio.com. Great, we should spread the word. Absolutely, spread the word. Go to TransformationTalkRadio.com. You're tuned in to Transformation Talk Radio. Think the Dr. Pat shows the cat's meow? Just listen to what some of her transformative guests have had to say. What's your personal message? What would you like to leave us with? Uh, believe in yourself always. Remember that uh, you are a gift. You are a miracle. And the only way you can return any part of that gift is what you do with it. Live into yourself. And be that miracle. I love it. Eldon Taylor, everyone. And, and thank you, Pat. I love joining you. You're a wonderful host. Thank you. And we're going to bring Eldon back because we, we just haven't even scratched the surface here. Thank you all for tuning us in, turning us on. Thank you for listening. And keep us tuned in right here on Transformation, Transformation Talk Radio. Radio.